Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, my name's Simon Kane, and welcome to the Arsenal Industry Podcast, episode 32. For those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, TV, and today, touring. This podcast is a little bit different to one of our usual ones. It's a live Q&A panel that was recorded at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2015. Really quick thank you to Daryl Martin and Martin England for sorting out a room and setting up all the kit and just helping me out with stuff that was just way beyond my technical skill set and probably still is. They've probably shown me it half a dozen times and I felt very much like my dad being shown how to send an email. So thank you very much for being patient with me and sorting that out. The guests themselves are going to introduce themselves in a minute. I'm barely on this podcast, to be honest with you. The the way we ran the Q&A was I passed around a mic and allowed the guests to answer the questions direct from the audience. So obviously there'll be voices changing all the time, but the four guests themselves stay consistent and uh, it's it's a really interesting one if you're if you're someone who is looking at touring a show on your own or if you're looking at getting someone uh, from a touring agency or from someone or just a professional at touring this could be uh, a PR person we have a PR person on the panel this could be a agent a producer um, all that kind of stuff they're all on this podcast so if you are looking at touring a show it's pretty good for that if you're someone who knows someone who's looking at touring a show and doesn't really know where to get started, this might be really helpful for you. So I hope you enjoy it. Please take a moment while I'm rambling on and open up iTunes and please rate it. Uh, you can do this just simply by clicking, if you've got an iTunes account, simply by clicking uh, one, two, three, four, five stars, depending on what you think it's worth. And uh, if you have an extra minute, it would be amazing if you could just write a little bit of a review and maybe even who you'd like to see in a future podcast you know it'd be great to hear i love this episode and it'd be great to hear more from these people just so i have a little bit more feedback and also it's really great for the future guests to read also please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you are the first to find out when a new episode is out without any more delays this was our first live q a yeah hi good morning everybody uh, my name's Anita Holmes. I'm an international life coach. I support artists or well-being and uh, helping them f- get from A to B in their uh, chosen fields and uh, deliver on their objectives and uh, help them through the challenges of uh, unthinkable schedules and uh, uh, achieving um, what they set out to achieve in their careers. 
Uh, I'm Amy Smith. I'm the Associate Director of Prospero Arts PR Company. Uh, we've been at the Fringe for, this is our 10th year now, and uh, my fifth with this company. Uh, I'm Mick Perrin uh, from Mick Perrin Worldwide. Um, I'm a producer and promoter. Um, and um, <laughs> I seem to make things happen without <laughs> having any. Um, and um, we, so we promote and we produce, we've got... Uh, 12, 13 acts here in Edinburgh this year, and um, yeah, and I've been here since uh, since it began. <laughs> um, I'm Ali Wilson. I work for CKP, uh, and I'm their head of live, so I look after all of our Edinburgh um, live shows and uh, touring acts throughout the country. Um, the company is also an agency, so we work in tandem, the two sides together. Uh, we've been at the Fringe for about 15 years, and I've been here for 10 of them. Uh, I'll probably start one with you on the question of if you were an agency as well as a promoter, how, how often do you deal with someone that you're not representing and how often do you deal with people that you've taken on board as an act? Um, current ratio is probably about 80% of the people we represent uh, directly um, and we do occasionally uh, pick up tours from other agencies and things that we work quite closely with um, that sort of obviously changes from year to year depending on who from our roster is touring and things like that um, but generally the focus uh, yeah, our main focus tends to be uh, touring our in-house uh, acts and, and dealing with those directly um, Sorry um, and you said that you're a promoter as well as a manager can you define the difference between the two roles for people that maybe don't know? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a promoter and a producer, but also recently we're also an agency. Um, so I'll explain both. Uh, uh, a promoter is somebody who will take an act from an agency and promote their, their tour or their show. So basically they will, they will pay and cover all the costs of a, of a show and a tour. Um, and then they obviously do a deal with the agents and, and the act, and at the end of the day they'll sort the deal out. So a producer is someone who puts the package or the show together. So, for instance, I produce a show called La Soiree. I'm a co-producer of that with other producers. So we have to raise all of the capital. We have to get the cast together. We have to do everything, basically, do the advertising, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually we put the show on. So, so we risk all the capital in order to produce the show and make the show, choose a director, etc., etc. So that's a really much... Um, more, more major thing to take on board than just promoting someone. And uh, in terms of management, uh, we've just opened a, a management to take on only international acts, so uh, mostly second language people who want to do the show in English. Uh, and, uh, and we just opened up because we now tour in 20, 26 countries. So in, t- so in terms of... Um, so you put together the promotional packages for your tours and acts... How does it work when you get PR involved? Are you, do you do that in-house, or is it a case of you would go out to... Well, I would approach somebody like Amy to do the PR for the act, or the act will already have a PR in place. So it depends at what point you're starting. If it's a very young act, and they have no one, and, and it's, a, it's the first time, say, in Edinburgh, or they want to go to Edinburgh, then from that point on you will be talking to them about how you, know, you create the world that they want to, to operate in, and so we'll introduce them to good people, and obviously Amy is one of those... Um, and and when when you get involved in that part of the promotional process how, I mean do you go and see the show what's like the A to B for that for a performer if you've not been involved up to that point Uh, yeah we definitely see the show before we can work with it because we have to know that it's someone that we can be genuinely enthusiastic about Um, the relationship that we have as a PR with our press contacts is that they trust what we're telling them that we think about the show Uh, so we, we definitely make sure we see things, we work with things that we 
we can have that genuine enthusiasm about to say yeah, so that when, when we say this show is good we want our press contacts to know that we believe that and they say no sometimes too yeah. PRs are known to turn down shows if they don't like absolutely them. yeah and that's I think that's absolutely the best thing to do yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't, you wouldn't want to work yeah, with a PR no. who kind of got forced into taking someone they're never going to be able to sell them as much as someone who loves what they do yeah, yeah you want people to be excited and overjoyed because mm. they've got to work with them as we are so if we choose an actor or an act chooses us and we get on great then we're completely committed to that for you know, life really yeah. so we want to get somebody on board and a whole team on board who are also committed yeah mm-hmm. okay. uh, and, and at what point in someone's either career or life cycle of a show should they approach like a touring manager or, or a PR person or even a life coach to try and uh, get them past the stumbling block of maybe believing they can't sell off their own name or, or they don't know if they could do a tour or if they, you know, they're, they're prepared for that? How long's a piece of string, I think, to be perfectly <laughs> honest? Um, there's people that can come to you when they've got a fully formed show. That, uh, the classic thing is they have a fantastic Edinburgh and then they want to take it further. I know that you work with Louisa and things like that. And, um, uh, but then there's people right from day one, working with our sort of the agency side of things, you know that your act is brilliant and you start from day one going, we'd like to put together a, sh- a show. You know, what's this show going to be? Usually those tours then sort of start in Edinburgh and then go forward. So that can be from a little germ onwards, essentially. Um, there, I don't think there's a fixed point. Definitely. Yeah, and, and, and also, if you're any good at your job, you wouldn't want to push too far. You wouldn't want to push too quickly. No. I mean, I see fantastic acts who've got... A great 20 minutes, a great 25 minutes, but doing a great hour, that's a, that's a hell of a leap. So some people tend to come in too early, and, and in a sense they kind of blow their Edinburgh. Mm. You know, I, I would say don't come in, maybe for a couple of years, or come and do 40 minutes, come under the radar, don't yeah. be eligible for the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think make, also I think a part of our role is as those professional advisors to, like you say, respect the act and their opinion, but also be very much on hand to... Uh, guide them when it might be too early when they're ready or not yeah 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 i mean i i, I saw a guy uh in in, uh, in montreux in, in in switzerland in in december an american guy i'd never seen him before i was on a panel and um he was great he was absolutely fantastic and uh he was emailing saying that he's thinking of coming over to the free fringe and he was going to do his show and he booked in for an hour and basically between between then and and coming into Edinburgh I talked him out of doing that I, I, I talked him into doing 40 minutes uh, and, and, and not doing the whole run and coming in under the radar and he's so pleased about that now because he's, 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 he's got a great 40 minutes but my god he'll have a fantastic hour when he comes next year now with me hopefully yeah. um, and, um, and you know and, and, and therefore he hasn't blown his opportunities with Foster's and, and all you know the competition stuff and other acts are getting to know who he is uh, he can come over to London maybe and start working in, on the circuit and doing 10 and 15 minute spots. So it's so important. So that's what people like us are good at. It's it's that advice really that maybe... Don't you know, just rush it sure. through. Don't rush it through. Don't rush it through. <laughs> there's nothing, the there's rush? no rush. It's a lifetime. That you're going to be doing this for a lifetime. Especially What's with the, the newcomer thing. And think, I'm sure, Amy, you'd agree that there's something about that newcomer year that you'll kind of never get twice. And it's, uh, it's that much easier to get the sort of press attention. Absolutely. To get features and things like that. And it's, that's a real shame to waste that, I yeah. think. And I think people can go in too hard, too fast and think, oh, I've got an hour. It's fine. I've, I've done it at Leicester Festival and it's all good. But I think it's, it's, if you're kind of going to do it to make the biggest impact for the rest of your career, Career, I think it's something that you really kind of you use a war chest and you kind of approach it as a sort of you know an end goal. Yeah. I think the classic example is the wonderful Alex Edelman. Mm. And now Alex <clears throat> came over and he worked on his art, didn't he? I mean, he Absolutely, obviously had. Yeah. A, he's, he's a very talented young comic, but he obviously worked on his art. And he came over and worked and worked and worked in London. 
he never performed the hour mm-hmm. unless he did it in a, in, a, in a tiny pub somewhere just before Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And then when he came to Edinburgh, he just went bang. He just went, yep. wow, fantastic. Yep. What an act. Um, and then he's come back again a second year and done the same thing again. You know, I brought, who was a totally unknown, Trevor Noah in two years ago, or three, two years ago. And uh, nobody heard of <laughs> this guy. And uh, suddenly, you know, he performs this amazing album. Everybody's open mouth. It's, mm. it's great when you see that happen, you know, but that's not someone who's just come in and, you know, spent five minutes on their show. They spent, you know, probably years on it before they thought that they were good enough to come to Edinburgh. So that's how I would like anybody to think and anyone who's considering doing Edinburgh you think of it like this is going to be my profession mm. and Alice absolutely right you don't blow it um, you know you just don't blow that first yeah. one newcomer is a big deal here uh, getting the press you won't get the press a second time but you'll get it all the first time absolutely, if yeah. you're any good so you know use and it's that not out. even about awards generally I mean there's no. sort of if we're getting Edinburgh yeah absolutely an Edinburgh centric sort of thing is uh, I always think of the way to approach it as an act is you're sort of buying a stall at a trade fair by coming here Um, for various reasons but I think that's how to approach it as professionally as possible and with a sort of slightly um, you know methodical mindset uh, to make sure that you're getting that you're not only just you know you're getting nice full rooms you're getting the right industry in to see you you're getting the press in to see you and that is the stuff that will carry on throughout the rest of your career it's not even necessarily about newcomer nominations or anything like that they're lovely but it's you know the a good Edinburgh will start you off for uh, for the rest of your career essentially and also just a final comment if I may say in the same uh, respect of preparation uh, the old adage is fail um, to prepare um, prepare to fail in that uh, your body is uh, yourself and your well-being and your mind and your energy resources and your whole attitude and approach your ability to deliver really is as important obviously a life coach is um, bound to say this but in uh, respect of the art the craft that you guys are um, speaking about which is your side and area of expertise obviously the comedic value expertise capability is as uh, that's your product which you bring into market and the vehicle is of course oneself and obviously as a life coach it's imperative to be ready and primed and do your research the uh, comments this is my first year at ed and it's uh, fantastic to be here but i founded uh, infinity corporate training 20 years ago and um, i'm I'm, um, founder i'm a bit slow because i've um, been in hospital all night with concussion (laughs) so i have apparently delayed cognitive function so uh, as long as i don't come out with a peculiar words as a Amy was saying her um, partner had uh, post-concussion syndrome. syndrome. Apparently I've got that as well. And I couldn't tell the doctor what a pen was in the hospital. But anyway, there we go. (laughs) Uh, If I uh, come out with something really ridiculous, then I'm sure I'll get some raised eyebrows in the audience and you'll be able to um, tell me I've said something quite outrageous. But uh, just back to the uh, preparation, a lot of people that have said to me, clients and uh, non-clients, that, oh, gee, you know, I've been immensely surprised how tiring how uh, hectic how schedule um, how how schedule how, how uh, on 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 the manage or how this how that how the other do your research do your homework talk to uh, find out what is necessary and do a health check and a health scan and basically get yourself your mind your energy levels your well-being uh, ready and then actually if you've done a, an ed and it's been in immensely taxing in one way or another um, and the whole that, you know covers a whole raft of uh, individual um, responses or uh, inability to cope uh, then uh, you know for next year and that's typically when I might be consulted as a life coach to help regroup or improve or cope or uh, speak work with people before they get to the fringe but it's a bit like uh, in summary to that comment just on the back of your sort of uh, the personal well-being as well as the 
comedic ability. Uh, you wouldn't dream of buying a... Uh, well, we would if we've not got the... Re- the re- it's about the difference between buying a car with a full service history versus one without. Clearly, one's going to deliver better ride and a better performance. I mean, the thing about Edinburgh is, is essentially what you're saying is Edinburgh can break you if you're Absol- not ready for absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've... Indeed. I've had... Uh, we're all on board with that. I mean, and, and, and we've all been broken. I mean, yeah. I've had acts here, and I certainly wouldn't mention any names, but I've had one day of, 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 of joy and the next day of tears. I mean, you know, almost through the whole festival. And it's almost unmanageable, um, but you know, there's great expectations here, and and, and, and not everybody achieved as well. And it's well, some will be achieved, but obviously they're surrounded by people who are achieving. You know, somebody who gets a four-star review, who's a mate of somebody who gets a one-star review. How close are they going to be? You know, on the day that these these mm. are both published, maybe by the same critic. You know, so it's 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 a really tough psychological battle that you're going through. And of course, as a promoter or a producer, you're living this with them daily. You're getting yeah. one phone call from one person who's elated, and the f- next phone call someone who's completely completely deflated. And it's really hard to kind of build yourself up as a, as, as a promoter. Where you know we love them all, yeah. and that's but my job. That's what I do. I think it's part of everybody's job making sure that. Um, well, acts particularly have their expectations managed so that you're reminding people that it is a step in a process of your career. It's not everything that you're trying to achieve in the, the whole of your career is not going to happen within one month. And if things don't go right this month, that's not the end of the world. There are things you can do to fix it. It will be okay. Yeah, tomorrow won't matter. They don't know what they're talking about. As a PR, how do you deal with, so say your acts are starting to get, like, obviously, I hope this never happened. But say, say your acts are starting to get like very negative reviews. How do you deliver that news, knowing that everyone's in a very fragile space up here, and it's obviously quite a, a, a you've got to handle that in a certain way. Um, well, from before people even get to the fringe, we're very careful about making sure that people know what information they want and when. So do acts obviously you guys as a as a promoters and producers have to know when press are in so that um if you've got a day where there are particularly low sales you can do something to to, to, to turn that around because obviously having an audience in a show is better than performing to just one person who happens to be the person reviewing you um but making sure that acts know do you want to know when press are in or would you rather not so that every audience is the same um do you want to know when reviews are out if it's an act who doesn't have somebody um like ali or mick to work with then when they have reviews that are published, if they're fours and five stars that they can use those on their posters and their flyers, they're going to have to know about them because Mm -hmm. it's going to be their responsibility to get them stapled and glued onto things. If they have the luxury of somebody doing that for them, then you can, if you want to, spend the month blissfully unaware of anything that's going on and just focus on your show. Um, Yeah, so understanding whether a performer is going to find any kind of criticism constructive and use that to, to... improve a show or to, to change it in a way that they want to or whether they will take any criticism to heart and suddenly their show is going to fall apart because they're just trying to change everything to what everybody says um, you we have to remember that it's sorry, you, well, you just have to remember that every review that comes out is still one person's opinion yeah. and you might value the publication that it's from or you might value the particular journalist that's writing but it's still that one person and you still have to perform to the rest of your audience mm-hmm. and not everybody is going to love you all of the time mm-hmm. we had an axe uh, one of our ex-partners uh, approached one of our flyers and said, listen, can I have a look at the flyer because they won't tell me how, how you know what the reviews are. And I just walked past and I said, you've got loads of stars on it. So obviously 
the act is not reading any of these things but and not even telling their partner how it's going yeah. <laughs> and yet there's flowers going around with like six you know four and five star reviews and they're going my god they're doing well and they don't know so that's the mentality of some people that they they just don't want to know because if they read the first one and it's something negative in there about a piece of the show that's going to affect them all the way through some people can take that some people can think okay well I can work with that maybe they're right or decide if the review is any good because there's some awful reviewers <laughs> yeah it's terrible ones yeah. I've written so many letters, emails, and never sent any of them to reviewers. It's just to get it out of my system. <laughs> and it basically is a series of four-letter words ending in a four-letter word. Please check your grammar. <laughs> you know, I, it's just because it's rubbish. They, they, yeah. are, they are dreadfully written. There's, you know, the sort yeah. of thing. We talked, we talked about this the other day, about someone, didn't we? Just awful. We went, this is awful. Is this a child? Is this a child writing this? It gets you so angry because of the work that's gone into these shows and the emotion that's involved in it and then somebody goes in and they're not reviewing the show they're saying the room's hot of course the room's <laughs> hot <laughs> yes. in, in, in the bubble of Edinburgh it feels um, obviously the industry is very geared towards hours up here of shows and uh, obviously the awards are, are obviously linked into that quite heavily outside of Edinburgh how much do awards actually help sell tours and how much do, do people really know like around the country, what's going on in, in this little bubble that we have? I think it could be a cumulative effect thing. Um, I think this is something also to do with the well-being thing. I think people do, especially acts, can get quite focused on the awards from Edinburgh and actually 11 months out of things, it can, it's, it's another thing on the poster, but I don't know, uh, even, even winners, it doesn't necessarily sell a regional tour you know, um, mm. around a country on the back of something like that. But I think great cumulative press is really, really helpful. And obviously then anything which then helps you get more exposure and profile around the country, that's, that's the thing that tends to sell things on yeah, the that's absolutely right. I think, Ali, our worlds are very complementary, of course, which is why we're all sitting on, on this uh, stage together. But I think the, the big uh, thing to keep in mind is keep it in perspective. Mm. Uh, in my side of the business, as well as yours, it, it's not uh, the be-all and end-all, is it? The, the awards are just part of the picture. The awards are. I mean, what it does give you, an award or a nomination, is it will always give you... Um, uh, coverage in the preview press yeah. so yeah. if you pick up the garden at uh, the garden on a Saturday for instance and you've got a tour going for a first time yep. act that was nominated or one you know that there's going to be preview in there I mean but if you look if you look through the years about who's been nominated or even won something there's very few people it's not a direct correlation really no, 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 not at all. but if you've got somebody who's nominated or won something and they've done some TV mm-hmm. I mean for instance I look after Sarah Pascoe and last That's year, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was nominated, and she, we did her first tour this year, and it was incredibly successful, mm. incredibly successful. But that's because if you look at what Sarah's been doing, doing over the years, producing great shows, getting, getting known, being on panel shows, bits of telly here and there, radio, if you put all that together, that entitles you or gives you the opportunity to do your first tour. And actually, also, I think it's also about good PR and how you promote yourself if you're not a finalist, a winner, an achiever, actually uh, successful in the awards. It's not what you do, it's how you do it, not what Mm. you say, it's how you say it. You can actually use that as positive PR as well. And back into life coaching, it's number one about attitude. The success formula is 80% attitude, 10% skills, and 10% knowledge. And you can learn knowledge, be develop, you know, have be taught skills. But it comes success and getting where you want to get in life is all about having an objective and somebody skilled and expert 
helping you produce that roadmap and getting you there. Uh, no matter how good the life coach is or the, the individual without the right attitude, obviously a good life coach can develop the right attitude without the right attitude, no matter how many reviews or uh, accolades or awards you've won or, or, or not. It's about getting turning good news in, uh, bad news into good or making a point about uh, finding the USP and the differentiator. So uh, would you agree with that, guys? It's not about winning. It's about the traditional you know, sports adage. It's about playing. It's being out there and doing it, but taking the message and putting the message out there in the right way, even if they're not a winner or a, you know, a finalist. Or yeah, well, I think also win. very much understanding the game, the idea yes, of absolute, knowledge is incredibly absolutely, important. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, there's a phrase I have, being talented of being talented. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so that, that, that is really important. And I think that, uh, yeah, that maybe comes back to more holistic thing that it's, it's always great to work with acts who are pretty self-aware and also sort of the term finding your voice. And that comes yes. down to, for, from a sheer sort of, you know, what we do is larger sales so it's finding that angle that you can you can push um, it's not just about having a generic award or even just you know lots of people have been on live at the Apollo and Mock the Week now it's about having it working out what the angle is on those mm. people who that audience is and, and how you're going to get to sure that. it's I mean, finding your audience isn't it there's another phrase as well. I mean, is the ego larger than the talent? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how true is that? Hi, Becky. when you're supporting an act on tour. Shall I repeat that, Simon, for the podcast? Sorry, Mick. Just to say that uh, Becky Brunning has uh, asked, uh, how do you... um, Would you like to repeat that? Thank you. Um, It's going to be fun to edit. Um, I think what you're asking is, uh, if you've been offered a tour support slot or you've been offered to go around on a tour with another act, how do you capitalise on that? Or or how do you know if you're ready for that? Oh, okay. It's the second question or the first one? Well, you may both. We'll do both. <laughs> how do you, how do you capitalise on that? Maybe to help build your own audience, but also how do you uh, know if you're ready? I mean, obviously they think you're ready, but if you feel like maybe you've got the imposter syndrome going on and you're not quite sure, it's okay. To you. Well, I mean, there are many routes to that. I mean, obviously one route to it is is that you're in. Uh, we call it a stable. You're in a stable. Uh, part of a management system and the and your management have a big act and the act wants to have a support and so you present one of the yep. acts from your stable to the support and hope that they get on, hope they like each other hope that the two acts complement each other and then they will support the tour um, the act may often have uh, somebody that they've spotted somewhere um, yep. which is generally the way I work because I'm a promoter and not a manager so you know, um, the acts I work with will say, hey, or have I spotted someone, or, or they will come up with someone. So that's a good thing. Um, it's generally somebody that um, is, is, is very different than they are. So if you're in a position where you're an act and you're, you're, you're a quick-fire gagsmith, then you might well have somebody up who's a bit more physical or... Yeah, a storytelling or a story anecdotal, yeah. Exactly. So it's about finding that, because what you're trying to do is to please your audience, but not overexcite them. Mm. Because you're going to yeah. come on at the end of the day, so there is that. You know that old band syndrome where they used to uh, do the sound check for the support acts, but they always give them, you know, like a twenty percent lower mm. level than the main <laughs> act, and they thought that it's a little bit like that. But that yeah. would be cruel to say it's 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 over and above because obviously the main act always believes that they're the big act, and f- quite frankly, that's why people are paying mm. sure. in to see. So, 
And in, and in terms of uh, PRing something like that, um, it, do, do you like sort of, how can I put this? Um, because they're linked together, usually in terms of um, you know management and in, uh, work being represented together, do you uh, like sort of push out the the support act as much as like obviously not as much, but in the same way that you would with uh, the so like are you, have you got a roadmap? Is what I'm saying for like that person? for the for the support act? Yeah, um, no, in terms of in terms of a tool. PR-wise, hmm. the, the the main act is the selling point for that, hmm. um, and it shouldn't really make a difference press-wise who their support is because it's it's them that we're selling to to the press, and it's them that local people in whichever area are going to be buying tickets to see. But that doesn't mean that by next year, if the support act has grown and developed and has their own show, that it's not going to then be important to mention. And they also supported these people last year and used the experience that they've built up to to give gravitas to their own name but until they've got a product of their own to sell they're helping to sell somebody else's product I suppose it comes, so I suppose it comes down to what you were saying before where it's like you can have a really good 20 minutes which could be an opening for a show but you might not have the hour which Absolutely. means that you're mm-hmm. ready to do the tour but you're not ready to do yeah, but the that's, tour yeah. Main, yeah. and at the same time you're building your own audience that's yeah. exactly right I mean it's, it's a great way like support slots are a really good way to kind of take baby steps to get used to they're often bigger rooms than the acts used to playing and playing to audiences that have kind of bought a ticket to see a specific thing rather than uh, you know going to see a comedy club and they happen to be on the bill so it's a different kind of it's it's a really good way to start learning the stage techniques and things that you really can only do by doing it if you know what mm-hmm. I mean um, and that, then I always think that sort of stands you in good stead when you do start thinking going on to your touring thing you already have a sort of feel for art centres or theatres and things like that and yeah that's well a, a few years ago I don't know how many years ago five six years ago we had Reginald D. Hunter doing a tour and supported by Sarah Milliken. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine that. Yeah. You know, and look at Sarah now. <laughs> She's doing okay. Yeah. 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 All right. I think it's worth mentioning that um, the comics on support uh, tours do have to understand the difference in the money, you know. Mm. Uh, but they normally do because, as you were, as Nick was referring, I mean, when I was in a band years ago, you had to buy onto a support. Yeah. You actually had to pay to support somebody because there was so much demand until you just saying that um, when sorry I'll stand here um, <laughs> I was just trying to say that when I used to play in bands which I did some time back we had to buy onto a support tour uh, with Hazel O'Connor at the time it was so uh, because she'd had some hits and was selling out two or three thousand seat rooms our management had to pay for us to support her so that, that's not necessarily what's happening what I'm saying is uh, supports uh, people who are offered a support with a big name act um, have to immediately be advised by their agent and get a grasp of the fact they're getting a fraction of the money that because uh, because of the fact that guy is selling the tickets and is and they're in some ways fortunate to be on the same stage in the same room and so they have to mentally be adjusted to the fact you know this is this is what you'll get paid and you may be playing in front of 2,000 people but that this is an opportunity for you. you know, you're still making money, not losing money, possibly getting a hotel or whatever, so it's a good opportunity. Uh, but I think some acts uh, in their own right are quite good already. They don't understand that if they support someone higher up the tree that they are, will be earning very minimal money to be on that tour. That's all I want to say. That's a very good Yes, absolutely. It's a very good point, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, a good example of that is uh, Ariel Dundas. I'm uh, on the uh, Hague uh, Festival um, 
Hague Comedy Festival Committee and we're bringing a very young act over from um, Holland today. She's arriving today and she's doing a 10-minute slot for Christian Schulte-Lowe. Um, and uh, a lot of my work, I, I'm um, uh, on the, the committee and I'm their life coach and uh, um, help young guys throughout Europe come through and prepare for the fringe and she's a, a good example. And um, she's uh, an up-and-coming act, but a lot of my work on the committee uh, and... Um, as their, their advisor and uh, support to new talent is to help them prepare mentally and uh, help them to understand uh, what to expect, when to book the flight, uh, what to, you know, how to come well and hit the ground running with very little experience. You know, a ten, an open 10 is for, for her a huge, you know, um, uh, a huge deal as it is to a lot of um, young and uh, up-and-coming um, acts. But uh, she's, like you were saying, Jeff, you know, to uh, be... Paid. She's she's invested a huge amount of money for for her coming over from the the from Europe, and uh, spent you know a lot many many weeks preparing mentally and physically, and a lot of uh, input investment has gone into her well-being to do that. And uh, I think a lot of young acts forget that sort of mental, physical, and uh, well-being preparation as well. And it sounds it sounds like um, I mean, how would you would you always pick someone to tour support from like one of your fellow acts like that you represent or that you already have a tour for to kind of help out your yeah I mean you'd like to encourage it if possible but you wouldn't push at all and and also I have to say uh, Jeff I mean in the comedy business you'd never uh, charge a support. I mean, you actually, yeah, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah, pay the support act very well if it's a, you know, I mean, it, it's a there's very different industry. There's also an element industry. that it fills your diary as well. So there's a, it fills your diary. When we, oh, we have a and you're playing in front of a thousand or two yeah. thousand or whatever. And I, but um, you know, and I like that. That's what I love. Mm. I was a musician too, and I love. That's what I love about comedy that mm. there isn't all that bollocks, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah very important. <laughs> um, um, any other questions from the floor? Um, uh, on the topic of sort of touring, when, when you're advertising. I'm, I'm just wondering how much maybe the techniques and the amount of effort involved differ between like advertising for a large town versus a small town. So the way you just sort of got an art centre, maybe not so much competition. Um, so can I just repeat the question? Sorry, sorry that's okay. <laughs> um, so what you're basically asking is um, how much does the size of the location or size of the venue affect the way you'd promote the show? Yeah, I, I, I'd say the size of the the, the town as a whole, sort of say, I mean, like Manchester versus Aberystwyth, for example, mm-hmm. is a massive difference. Um, yeah. Well, I would say those specific um, examples, like Aberystwyth, is kind of a captive audience as well. I know Aberystwyth very well, so even though their population is incredibly, you know, relatively small, um, there are ways and means to get everyone to go to the Aberystwyth Arts Centre so um, so yeah in sort of answer to that I guess um, I would probably look at it personally from the size of the venue would affect how I would advertise for it because ultimately that's sort of your end objective to come to that that's that's what you're trying to sort of um, fill but you would bespoke for every town and uh, there'll just be different approaches I mean that's why you have like a, a tour manager and promoter that knows little tricks like Aberystwyth is a small place but it's got a lot of students and that sort of thing um, so I don't know if you could one size fits all I just don't think that works no I, I, I mean the way a tour works is basically you 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 put together an overall marketing spend in your press. So you've got your press working in all those areas, whether it's Aberystwyth or Manchester or Liverpool, exactly the same. You know, is the local paper going to pick it up? You've got the national press, you've got your local press. But what all the venues have is, is their own brochure. 
Now, if you don't make the brochure, especially in the smaller places, the art centres, you won't sell a ticket. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do in the town. Mm-hmm. If it's not in the brochure, because everybody goes to that th- theatre, especially in Aberystwyth or Llandudno <laughs> or wherever. That's the theatre. That's all. That's their night out. That's yeah. their night out. That's <laughs> what they're going to do. And if you're not in the brochure, you're not yeah. going to sell. So the most important thing is to be in the brochure. To get in the brochure, you need to know about the gig at least six months in advance. At least, yeah. Which is our problem, because, of course, acts can't make up their minds. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. no, don't I, I, I stand by that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and and so it takes it takes so long to to get commitments. And of course, you've got this deadline running as a promoter. You can't miss the brochure. You can't miss the brochure. It is Shit. like an oil tanker. Brochure. You do have to Move like on. it corners. Like it, it yes. seems like it just starts at all, but it corners like a cow. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's you have to think. It comes down to preparation as short, well. Short, medium, yeah. and long term. Yeah. That sort of thing. You start talking about it maybe a year in advance. Absolutely. You start penciling things in then you get sure. a commitment and then that starts becoming a and then pen of course they want the print as well on top of that and, yeah and, that's and, and you, you know you're waiting for a photograph and then you're waiting to design the photograph and, and there's this lovely week where forth. it all comes together and yeah. all the final things yeah. get and you're like right go 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 yeah. and then there's a color change wanted or a oh, yeah. size of type wants it because the, font's not right. the name's not big enough <laughs> <laughs> and then you're really sweating because you're not going to get the print out you're not in the brochure so yes I mean this is this is you know that this is the the, 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 the producer the promoter's nightmare really of, of trying to play these venues you know you can sell it because the act is good mm-hmm. and they'll go there mm-hmm. but it's getting all the stuff out you just got to get and the mechanism so and overall, the system up yeah. it's an overall budget and then you spread it obviously you'll spend more in, in Manchester because you'll make, take out a big ad in you know the Manchester Evening News whereas in mm. Clandudno or Aberystwyth you know maybe a local ad or you may not need it at all so you sort of separate like that but the overall budget is what you work with and then of course press the most important thing on a small tour yeah, it can make a, a massive difference having um, a, a performer interview with the local paper that everyone reads, whereas if they don't, you're just relying on the brochure or someone happening to see a poster and the paper's delivered to the house and they read it online at home, whereas if they've not left the house for the week, they've not seen the poster, they've not seen the brochure. Um, so working with you guys to, to know very what, what, what dates you, you need extra press for so that and you can push like for more tickets. Competitions and yeah, radio ticket giveaways, and radio and interviews. And, and working with the, the venues themselves. They will mm. often have in-house um, press and marketing who yeah. have great Who's links with with their local press already so as as a as a PR it's often my job to liaise with the venue press to say that journalist that you already have a great relationship with I'm not going to step on your toes and take that over to say I'm PRing this tour it must go through me but I will definitely help you to get the act to speak to them at the time that's convenient for them so that your audience see the interview Um, and the same, I'm sure, with, with marketing as well, that they, they already know that they've got well, it's about reciprocal how willing deals the with papers. Well and, yeah. in your press, because look, it's got to, to be honest, with a small tour, well, press is it? free. Press is free. Free marketing, yeah. You know? yeah. Everything yeah. else is spent. So, and I, I often say to Axe, you say, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And you say, well, okay, well, Comes I'm by happy down to, to put yeah. the ad in the paper, but it's going to cost me five grand. I, it's going to cost the tour five grand but you can talk to someone and sure. it will sell more than five yeah. grand's worth of tickets just yeah. by you being there so it's up to you if you want to get out of bed save 20 minutes grand. out yeah. of your life yeah. you know, I mean it, it can come down to that in the end yeah. It's, it's the personal touch because like yeah. they feel like you've it's like, it's like with bands where they used to like do like you know the magazine interviews and you used to feel a bit more connected with them because you used to spend time reading it and knowing that they've said these things rather than just an advert in the middle of you know a big half page thing you know and also holistically from the angle that sort of we're coming from where we have a, an agency side a live side all that local press then becomes something that builds their profile more and more and more and I think that live and agency side move very closely together <laughs> um, you know all that local press will then 
then become something that uh, when they release their debut DVD, Mm. you know, people in Rochester and, uh, you know, around the country, Gloucester and all these things have already had a bit of a a sort of touch base with this act and they're in their mind. So that's something that also... Yeah, it's nice. It's nice for people to remember that I spoke to that person. Mm. That's someone that I I actually Mm. sat down and had a conversation with or I, I spent 10 minutes on the phone. And now they've gone on to something else. Absolutely. So the next time you come back, they're happy to talk to you again yeah. because you're the person that they spoke to two years ago you sort of and have now done even worse. Yeah, they, nice, yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you have that sense of we discovered you and, and helped you on that journey. And the opposite is also true, of course, is if they have, you know, they just got out of bed and they've done an interview with someone on the radio and they're really grumpy. I mean, the actors. Yeah. <laughs> and the reviewer and, and reporter can't get anything from them. Then the next time that they come back, they won't want to know. Yeah, which I mean, is, they won't want to know, and that happens too. Which so. is where that ability to get up in the morning fresh from perhaps a very, very heavy night the night before, too much alcohol, not enough sleep. Most nights. Absolutely. <laughs> well, not every night. <laughs> uh, perhaps some sort of mm, depressive disorder, which obviously in the business is quite common and frequent. Uh, emotional baggage, uh, financial worries, a host of uh, well-being issues that we have as a human race. Uh, but just to reflect back on these guys' uh, side of the business, I feel it's uh, sort of 75% and you know, perhaps a, a 25% um, uh, representation of looking after oneself. Uh, I liked uh, Ali's uh, reference to mechanism. Uh, lots and lots of clients say to me, you know, uh, that's too much hassle. Uh, I, I haven't got time for exercise. Oh, you know, I couldn't be bothered looking after my diet. Quick, f- uh, fast food, you know. Uh, oh, you know, I couldn't be bothered with uh, supplements, fresh air, time out, uh, meditation, exercise, trower, um, rest. Uh, simple uh, strategies, but it's a mechanism in terms of looking after yourself and one's well-being and mental state and health and energy levels and resources which are across a raft of... Um, you know, resources is, is, is comprehensive in itself. It's a mechanism, getting a system and a process in place for one's self that works, that's highly effective and becomes routine and habit. And then you're firing on all eight cylinders every day without fail and it becomes a habit rather like one's uh, physiological state. You know, homeostasis is our body's own system uh, of uh, regulating our temperature, our breathing. We don't think about, oh, I've just had a meal, let's digest that food. It happens automatically. You know, we don't think about cooling ourselves down. Our perspiration systems happen automatically and that's what good self-care is all about. And I like your word mechanism. So I just wanted to reflect back on that. You know, it's very overlapping and uh, the the acts that I work with have come for help but a lot of acts out there forget that this the thing that physically is up there you know coming yeah. up on stage and coming to you guys for help is actually where it all starts it's comparison but you know in a prison there's a chaplain you know they go and see i just wonder i'm not aware of, a, of an agency that has a sort of life coach attached to them which in a way to me would seem quite a good idea in the sense that because because of because i'm a comedian and I've been mixed with comedians for the last 18 years. You know, let's be honest, comedians are often, you know, troubled. They often have mood swings. They're often, some have drink-related issues and you have to change that. And it, 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 it seems odd that um, an agency might have, well, certainly the large ones could have 40 acts, but there's no sort of, not, not counsel, there's no life coach involved. There's, no, there's, there's nobody attached to the agency where if they get a, a, an act with personal issues, whether that's affecting their on-stage performance. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They say, well, it's okay. We've got somebody in our team who you can talk to, who can work on that with you. You know, and I thought big agencies who have budgets... I'm surprised they don't have life coaches somewhere in their team or people somewhere in their team. I realise that the, the agents do it themselves. Uh, but what I mean is, uh, you know, a lot of the agents aren't expert life coaches. I mean, I, I manage acts, uh, uh, my company does, but I'm, I, 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 I can tell them from knowledge as a comic what I think they should do next or how they should handle a difficult gig or, or a bad situation or personal problems or divorce or anything. But I'm not an expert, But whereas there are life coaches who done this with all sorts of people from sports to performing or what politi- politicians who, who could who could apply those skills just to comics who could, who could narrow it down and, spe- and just narrow down the skills to getting a handle on comics and being attached to an agency and so rather than the person whose job is to get them work and future, further their careers having to be sidelined by saying I need to spend two hours on the phone talking to a guy because he's just said he's going to kill himself rather than that uh, get the life coach on the phone and say go and talk to this act he's having problems I need to be worrying about promoting his tour you talk to him about his life situation and, and bring him and, and that life coach could bring them through that because I know I know agents that spend hours and hours on the phone to comics about their personal life to try and stabilise them when they should be promoting them but they don't have any sort of expertise in their team from my knowledge I think one of the most famous examples of that was uh, when Russell Brand was really on drugs and drink and stuff and um, I think it was no uh, I can't remember is it no what's the agency no is it no gay or is it uh, yeah I think it is um, his, his agency just said you're going into rehab because we can't deal with you until we've sorted that out and and it's uh, obviously it's worked out quite well for him as well um, but it's it's one of those things I mean what, what do you guys think of the, uh, the having someone on your team that can deal with the well-being as well as the admin and business side of it just could I just uh, put a very very quick uh, point in there to uh, support your comments there Jeff though I was in New York, New York a couple of weeks ago and uh, I had a two-hour conversation with a TV name who uh, was on the point of not being able to deliver on a very, very lucrative project. And uh, they were talking to me about uh, committing suicide. And had I not been able to take that call, then they possibly wouldn't be here today. So over to you, whoever would like to. 
Um, I don't really have anything to do with that side of it because, as I say, I'm a promoter and I would expect the agent mm-hmm. uh, and the management to be able to, to deal with that. Um, I obviously am aware of, of um, the suicide rate in the industry mm-hmm. and, um, I- listen, you know, acts, particularly stand-up acts, are very often highly strong people. Uh, this is one of the reasons why they go on stage. I mean, I, I, I know acts... I know acts that throw up before they go on and throw up when they come off. But when they're on stage, you think they're the most confident person some in the world. Some forced vomiting and some not, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but also I spent over 20 years, 25 years as a tour manager. So I toured with these acts around You've the world. So I've seen it all. And, uh, and I've seen what they've gone through. And I've had to get people onto planes, off planes, out of hotel rooms, away from people. Uh, away from all sorts of things so you know I mean you do learn that but uh, I've never in my uh, um, experience uh, found anybody with any connection to a, a life coach or or uh, anything outside of their own psychotherapist really which is often what, what yeah, yeah I mean it's 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 an interesting idea um so yeah we don't we're, we're a smaller sort of a more boutique agency so we don't have anyone specific I mean you always have open honest conversations with all your acts and that's the best way to work collaboratively um but i think that's maybe part of a wider issue about sort of looking after performers mental health i think it is important and it's something that doesn't get talked about an awful lot but and it's uh, absolutely key to keeping yourself in a good place and um yeah so that's that's definitely something that's worth discussion and, and a bit more focus on because i think even even in the grander scheme if you're healthy and happy and calm you you perform better as a human generally you know um, and therefore you know it's it's in your benefit to 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 maintain that yourself with with whatever well it doesn't get talked much about in general society so why would it be talked about anymore in in the world of entertainment or comedy although in that world there's obviously more yeah i'd say yeah yeah definitely yeah i think breaking the taboos that come with certain subjects that people don't want to talk about um is something i think everybody in every industry should be mm-hmm. as, as people we should be working towards doing that when Jeff uh, first asked this question you, um, you had the comparison to a, a prison chaplain mm-hmm. but that's in a situation where people can't go anywhere else and yeah. in any other industry you, you're, you, you have to let people have that individuality and it, I think having if it's an enforced care mm. it's then no more helpful than having no care so you have to want to having access yeah. to someone and leaving that as perhaps a personal choice oh, rather absolutely. than this is our company therapist and yeah. you will talk to them it's not going to be as helpful as somebody who comes all. to you as an individual and says I understand my own asking. problems this it is was what about I the availability and accessibility it's only like in a hospital or a primary care environment where you've got a um, holistic aromatherapist or a sports injury massage um, specialist or a phys- physiotherapist or a reflexologist you know it's available as a sort of secondary care yeah, absolutely. Yeah. but uh, as a, uh, a qualified uh, and experienced uh, counsellor I uh, find most people find me well no everybody finds me it would be completely unethical and against you know the all my codes of conduct as an NLP practitioner and um, hypnotherapist uh, to impose any treatment or uh, guidance or you know uh, support on anybody it's just not how it goes yeah. and we wouldn't be naive or uh, unprofessional enough to ever even uh, consider or, or d- you know doing so 
Yeah, I mean, when, when I chatted with um, Neil McKennan at the Fringe office, um, he was saying they've actually taken some really good steps to try and offer some more facilities for performers, m- for mental well-being and mental states, for people to go in and um, make appointments and talk to stuff. Uh, I mean, how many performers know about that? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff at the Fringe office that I don't think performers are aware of, mm. and I think that's something that should definitely be pushed more because, I mean... I've spoken to many acts in this fringe who have no idea the stuff that the mm. fringe offers mm. and most of the events I've gone to at that office have been criminally under-attended mm. and I just feel there's a, there's a scope for well, it. it needs to be out there then, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, changing the subject slightly um, and as is, is an Ask the Industry opportunity, I'm not going to miss it. Um, my name's Trish and I run comedy in the southwest, specifically Somerset, um, under the helpful guidance of, uh, of Jeff. Um, and I struggle to get audiences to come and see normal comedy shows with the top of the UK comedy circuit to buy tickets to make it economically viable for me to put these shows on. I struggle to get people to go out and see someone who isn't on the telly, hasn't been on the telly, um, and I really feel they're missing out on you know the cream to the cream. Being on telly to me doesn't make you any funnier um, at all. And you know what I would really appreciate, and Ali has helped me through say CKP with Milton Jones and Mark Watson in the past, is trying to get some of the big names down there to fill the venues up and to hand out leaflets about all the other shows I've got coming up where they perhaps won't know um, everybody on the bill uh, because the southwest and um, the comedians tend to come down as far as Bristol. They might nip into Yeovil, they go straight past Taunton down to Exeter, Plymouth and Taunton people, when I travel to see comedy in Bristol, Exeter and all the rest of the places, so many of my family and friends are there and it's all the travel and I want to try and boost the economy in Somerset by actually making it almost the Edinburgh of the South, not for a month uh, but but all year round, I couldn't do another month, um, all, all year round with top quality comedy coming down and I'm wondering if there's any help in the industry to provide um, some of the bigger names just occasionally to really help raise the profile and put Somerset on the map um, people love a run I think that, uh, that especially things like West Country when you're trying to book in a, a tour you obviously have to kind of make sure that your act isn't bouncing all over the country so if there's any way that you could link into other things going around it and I know obviously you do the Bath Comedy Festival um, anything that has a logical progression where you can kind of all work together and then you can kind of come with a package almost especially if you know your local promoters you can kind of go look we've got four dates in a row we've got some hotels boom 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 uh, things is uh, acts working on material who will play 300 seat rooms mm-hmm. before a tour where they're playing 5,000 or 3,000 seat rooms um, in, in my view a lot of promoters like Trish and people aren't, aren't aware that that's going on not yeah and, and that goes on all the time Trish that's the point I was going to make Jeff I mean I've got you know some big names who go and do their work in progress tours you know Eddie Izzard Dylan Moran Ross Noble a whole a whole host of people Simon Amstel so they they, they they tend to go out and they do their work in progress. And as promoters, we're, we're literally looking for somewhere which is off the map. You know, somewhere where the press don't yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, I know Taunton... Is, is it the brew house in Taunton? It's Taunton? Yeah, brew house. <laughs> okay, so, that, so I know we use your venue. Um, and we use it for small rest, but we also... It would be on the map for our work in progress too. Um, so if, 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 if we're not... <laughs> I'll give you my cards, but we got you know we got multiple tours going on. Really because people in the southwest are starved and 
But you see, this telly thing that you said, I mean, I mean that's, that's my bugbear as well, because most stuff on telly is sanitised, edited rubbish, yeah. frankly. It's you not know. even the best version of the people not, on telly. No, you know. No, exactly, <laughs> because TV has, 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 has washed out all of the good, yeah, all of the insane, all of the rude, whatever. The, that's the reason I'm in comedy. You've completely inspired me, because I was sat there listening to you saying about hitting a deadline for a photograph and print and getting in the brochure. Because you're, you're on the other end of it. Well, I am kind of, but I, you know, I kind of self publicise everything in Somerset. I'm fairly well known um, in Taunton. I gave up a 20-year career in the civil service to do this last year. Um, so I've self-funded everything. Thank God I met Jeff um, two and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, he, I wouldn't know anything without him. Um, and he's really given me a good grounding. But now I know so many comedians um, who want to come down, but they've got to then check with their agents and things. And it's kind of... All comics who want to come to a, a good venue, honestly. That's what yeah. it's yeah. about. I've got if it's a good venue. I know it's a good venue. I yeah. know it's a good venue. And it's in a great place. So We've got more than that now. We've got Bridgewater Arts Centre. We've got the Tacky Morris Centre. And Taunton is blessed with uh, two or three large private schools with 500-seater theatres. I would try and get a... I think you're absolutely right. I, think I would try and get a little festival going. Mm-hmm. If you can get a little mini festival going every year or maybe every other year something small but you get some really good accent and you get some top I've, names I've here done it I've done it for two time. years I had, had Milton first yeah. then Mark um, this year I've got Zoe Lyons and John Maloney coming down well what you're trying to do is actually sell yourself I mean mm. you're saying I can find these people just trust me and come and see it as a promoter that's my job if someone sees McParron or something as far as I'm concerned they know it's quality mm-hmm. that's, that's all you're trying to do this is quality forget what's on TV I'm the arbiter of that so as, as long as you believe that, you will grow. Very quick question, because I just want to pick you up on you said, because uh, we all know that TV obviously has to be sort of edited down and commodified and slightly changed in a way that live doesn't necessarily have to be. But obviously that exposure really helps with uh, certain acts on selling their tours and, and getting them out there and also building their Definitely. audiences. I mean, how uh, do, you, do you think there are some acts that maybe that shouldn't happen for? They shouldn't maybe be on TV because it doesn't work for them? Or, and, and how do you deal with that specifically if you're going to do... Uh, promotion for a tour or for an act well, well I mean I work with a lot of acts who don't do TV because of that I mean you know I look after Dylan Dylan Moran he doesn't do television I mean he, he you know obviously wrote black books and he, and he did that but you'll never see Dylan on a on a panel show um, Eddie Izzard didn't do it for many many years I mean in fact we never even talked to the press I think for the first six years we didn't do any interviews at all um, so Different I was just going to say, Mick, a lot of my clients say I don't want to, my objective isn't television. No, it's no not and, the be and, all and, and end all. No, because mm. you know, with a real artist, actually, with a real art, and this is a real art. Let's Absolutely. be honest. Absolutely, stand-up it's comedy is an art, an art form. It's a high art form, and it's varied. So these guys don't want to be on. Just because you're on television, panel shows ask them stupid questions. Mm. Why should they? Mm. What they prefer is a live platform that no one's editing what they say. It's their right. It's a, it's a great. I this thing that this is a soapbox as far as I'm concerned. It's the only chance we get to say what we think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let everybody say what they think. Yeah. And yeah. and support live. So. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Does that answer your questions, Trish? More than. Really quickly then, because um, the internet's obviously changed everything, and in terms of promotion, in terms of touring, and in terms of finding venues, a lot of acts, they've decided to go on their own back and contact venues directly, try and book their own tours, try and sort out their own PR, try and obviously deal with everything on their own. Um, have you found that that's impacted your industry or, or your end of it? And also, have you found that uh, for you for promoting as well, because obviously lead times, uh, getting stuff online for publications, has made a massive difference in terms of promotion of, of shows and artists and... Towards itself. Um, 
probably not being perfectly honest. I think it's. Um, I mean, there's obviously different ways that you use online, and online's a really big resource. Um, and different acts, it'll be more appropriate for some acts than, than others. Some people have got really big Instagram following. Some people, obviously, it's all about YouTube, and, yeah. and they've had some great hits and whatnot. But, um, but I guess the nuts and bolts of things like print are kind of old school, so that always has a six month deadline. That, 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 that in itself hasn't really changed too much. I think they're fairly separate items. It tends to be with the with the young acts. I, I, mm. I work with this guy called Bo Burnham. Yeah. who came in to Edinburgh brought me in for the first time man, three years ago four years ago um, 2010 and I saw him uh, online when he was seven, 17 I think he was only was it his 19th birthday he yeah. celebrated here something like that um, and, but, but he had 6 million followers then uh, online now that's incredible because the guy was just making records or sorry not making records making comedy musical comedy in his bedroom uh, so you know that, that, that for me was the first time I realised how powerful this thing was and of course when we came into Edinburgh you know we, we had an instant audience and then obviously the guys brilliant and everybody else came and so on but I'd never been able to reach that audience in any other mm-hmm. form but that was and I think this mm-hmm. is how it should remain not for the promoters not for the agents I think it's for the artist it's for the artist once, almost like a one to one this is your forum, you know, you're reaching out to your audience. I don't think we should get involved. You know, all the YouTubers, etc. we can work with them, but I wouldn't even put my name on a poster of one of their gigs because I think that that spoils what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I'll do the work, I'll do the deal, I'll make the... I mean, I'm working with one now, and I'm not even going to say who it is because I don't want it to affect their relationship with, you know, with their fans because ultimately I'm just doing what they don't know how to do but they're doing the rest we're facilitators aren't we at the end of the day it's a very direct yeah. uh, personal relationship with uh, them and their audience and we help them along the way where we can and uh, so what, um, what's the difference between uh, you know, promoting acts for tours in Europe uh, to doing it in the UK because I know you've been very successful in promoting acts into Europe yeah we do, we're playing in 20, 26 countries now um, and um, the difference is, is that it, it takes a long time, and we've been doing this for some years, especially because we've been touring, obviously, Eddie, for t- 20 years and, and working with Eddie. And, and Eddie's one of these pe- Eddie, oh, sorry. Eddie is one of these people who, who opens doors and you know, breaks down barriers, both in language and culture, and believes that comedy is a, is, is a universal thing, which it is. It's a universal language. If you're funny in Germany, you're funny in England, you're funny in Scotland, you're funny in Azerbaijan, frankly, and we play Azerbaijan. Um, and and so um, the the only difference is, is that it's about trust. Here we know who the promoters are, you know who the venue managers are, you know that you're going to get paid at the end of the day. Essentially, it's a big thing to take on these tours. So we've been building up relationships with all the promoters in all these places, and of course, because in Estonia and Latvia and the former Yugoslavia and all of these areas, comedy is a very a relatively new thing. It may be only five years old. So you have a young audience. And the people that run these venues, the small clubs, are comics themselves. So we've been building up this relationship, and that's the best way to be. You, you know that from your experience. If you're working with a comic, then you're working with someone who artistically appreciates what's going on. They may not be great administratively yet, and you have to kind of guide them in that. But, but we tend to work in a very civilized way with them and we don't you know we even with big acts you know we do incredibly good deals for them which i make it so worthwhile then because we want them to grow 
and as they grow and the other thing as well is just the last point is that when we do these shows we bring in a local support act again who's maybe trying to do their shows in English which is why I'm now getting involved in bringing them over here to do their shows in English because for them it's a second language and a great opportunity and finally you know there's 300 million of us in Europe you know so that's why the Americans are suddenly starting to <laughs> wake up to the to that fact I, th- I think I think something I've taken away specifically from this fringe is uh, my job as a performer is to create a relationship with my audience and then to find the person who has the relationship with the venues and with the promotion teams and with that kind of stuff so we work together not like as in you know you work for me and I work for you vice versa we work together oh god we're a team my god we're yeah. an absolute team I mean, I mean these are friends you know that I wouldn't every act I have is a yeah. is a personal friend and, and on the phone whenever and with their family and absolutely um but uh, it's still a business, so you have to do well as a, as a, as a business partner, but, but essentially you're a friend. And I think but going back to that, one of the things that we have to be careful about all the time in, with managing people's expectations is to make sure they're not trying to do too much, which yeah. can be just as damaging as doing nothing. Um, if you're working with a promoter and a producer, trust that they know which rooms are going to work for you if you've never been there before. Mm. Trust your PR that they know which press is going to be sensible for you to speak to don't be trying to speak to everybody all at once because sometimes you can have that one small conversation over here and that means you don't get this other conversation that would have been better for you but you've got someone on board who knows which one is going to be better for your sales and better for your profile so trust them and you don't have to be on absolutely everything all the time if you've put a team in place who can do it for you that's why you would have people like us involved so the one thing that you focus on is your show and that's the thing as a comic that you can change and make the best it can be and ultimately is the best example of you to put out there so you can just stop worrying about numbers and two for ones and speaking to local press and all that sort of stuff because it's Uh, in hand I mean the thing I've always said to my acts is listen I do everything except appear on stage that's your job well, everything else I'll take care of I can't do that and I won't I won't even tell you how to do what you do if you want to discuss it I'm there and we can but it, that's that's what you do um, Hi my name's Amy I'm hi. half of Lamb Comedy Productions so we um, are promoters and producers and we've just started out and we did the Brighton Fringe Festival and we also ran the venue as well as co-producing um, 15 shows um, so I've got quite a boring question about percentages, really, because <laughs> okay. uh, these are the things we need to know. We've just started out, and we, you know, uh, we've so then got a few sort of up and coming artists who came with us for Brighton that hopefully are going to want to continue with us. Uh, so the uh, question really is, if we were to sort of take it around the country and do art centres and whatnot and smaller venues. Uh, to start with, um, how what kind of percentage are you looking for? Sort of box office splits or rental? Fees? You mean from the venue? Yeah, if, if I was to go and to, well, you might be help, able to help with this well, as well. So if I went to like a small venue in in Taunton and you know, they're pretty to much the, the same. Uh, it, to be honest, it de- first of all, depends on the size of the act. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, if if you've got a big act, I mean, if I had a Dylan or an Eddie or someone who come going to your venue in Taunton, then then we know we'd sell it out. That's that's a that's a certainty, right? Whereas if you're taking a smaller act, yeah. y- you know, you may do 50% on a good night sometimes. So you have to think about, about what, what, what they're going to get out of what the venue are going to get about it. Yeah. And if, it can, if you can afford to do it in terms of accommodation and, yeah. and travel and maybe end something out of it. So I'd say for a smaller act, um, a 70-30, uh, that means 70 to, to the act, i.e. Yeah. the promoter act, 30% to the venue. Yeah. Um, you may then, for a bigger act, 
get an eighty twenty. I'd say that that mm. was a, I think that's as far as you should go eighty twenty. So generally, it would be a box of a split as opposed to sorry, just it hiring. would be yes. I mean, I I personally, I I don't believe we ever ask, ask for guarantees, but sometimes. Yeah. There's a guarantee offered because they know there's going to be it's automatically mm. going to sell out anyway. But generally, I would do a, a split. Yeah. But you can take a guarantee mm. and, yeah. and a lesser split. So, for instance, you yeah. could have a sixty forty, yeah. um, and 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 take a small guarantee of say five hundred yeah. quid. But then, what would your percentage be as a promoter? as a promoter? Yeah. Well, again, it depends on the size of the act. But right. generally, uh, the the deal I would do would be an eighty twenty right with the act but that's after costs yeah yeah so yeah. Okay. you know the american system is, yeah. is the same, same that's as you about right? yeah. <laughs> so it's an 80 20 after cost so you you present a budget mm-hmm. all the costs the potential income what the recruitment looks like and it's all there and at the end of the day one agrees it and goes yep, there you go that's when you bit. get the final money you go well there you go there's your 80 so they, mm-hmm. okay. 20. So they get the 80 percent of the 70 percent they get the 80 yes, percent thank you I think what you're trying to say is it's like a long-term thing. So if you're going to a venue, you know, maybe take a, a lower split to start off with because then next year you can maybe push it up a little bit more because yeah. you've proven that they can sell out that room. And especially if, if it's a smaller act and you do have costs involved, then it might be worth taking a, a, a lesser split for a small guarantee. Yeah. If £500 will cover the cost of your, you know, petrol and if there's two of you staying in a room, that sort of stuff... Um, just whilst you're working out how to market and promote that sort of thing, then maybe that's sort of a, a better route to go down, go for a smaller split yeah. versus a... a Can I just say as, as well to... Sorry, what was your name again? Amy. Amy. Um, I think if you're dealing with very small acts, that then you, you probably should be looking at a 75-25 because actually you're going to do as much work as I'm going to do mm-hmm. f- for a major act. It's the same work, okay? And it's going to take a long, long time uh, to, yeah. to, to even begin to recoup. So... An eighty twenty would be the top deal that you would make. I would never go as low as a seventy thirty, but I would think about a seventy five twenty five for access size. I think that's fair enough that you should get twenty five percent for working on an, an art centre tour. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, other than awards in Edinburgh and things like TV coverage being on, on panel shows and anything, is there anything that you see as promoters or like a venue owner might see in an, in an act or in a show that makes you think, oh, okay, this one is something that I want to take notice of or this is something that I want to I start promoting? Is there anything that you see that makes you go, hmm? <laughs> in the words of a terrible song from the 90s. I don't know where that came from. Um, it's always exciting to work th- with things that are a little bit different um, and to find something that's... Yeah, it, it's the same thing as you said, that if it excites you, then you do the yeah. best job for it. And, and that can come in lots of different forms. But it's always nice working with acts that are something a little bit different. So when you take them to the venue, you go, it's not just a man and a mic, it's, you know, the nice set's door, it's a five-piece improv group, and they have this lovely sort of inbuilt crowd of people that follow them around, but also anyone that comes to the gig is just won over by a new genre. So that's really exciting to work with, I think. Mm. Um so yeah, if it excites you, then that's that's the thing that. If I'm up. leaving a venue, having seen someone, and and I'm thinking about what they've just done, I know that they've kind mm. of excited me, and and cool. you know, I mean, you know, I've always been attracted to talent, and talent's talent, as far as I'm concerned, and and, and, and it just shines form, yeah. in, in whatever form, and you can see it instantly. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, you know. I'm almost beside myself when I see something, and I want others to mm-hmm. to, to, to just wake me up if I'm dreaming. But isn't this person brilliant? Literally, want to run around the streets yeah, going. I'll send, it, see I'll send it to everyone. I, I did, I did yeah. that with Trevor when I, when I first yeah. saw Trevor Noah, and I said, "Come on, is this guy not absolutely amazing?" And of course, they are. But 
not everybody thinks the same as you all the time. And, 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 and that's the problem with people like us, is that we choose people that we like. I don't yeah. really care what you But like. there are tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Would there be any particular way that they, they could get their, your attention rather than just sending you an email going, ah, you know, this is brilliant. Would, it, would, you, like, would you get a press pack maybe? Would you... Well, clips and stuff of mm, what you're clips. doing. And I like the, to see it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of actually seeing the show. Like, put it yeah. on somewhere. I'm a big yeah. fan of I mean, would you buy a painting without seeing yeah. it? You know? No, no. So... Yeah, we just have to see. Yeah, just have to, to yeah. see it, put it and on somewhere proactively. Yeah, and we've all we've all visited small venues oh, God, above a pub that aren't a venue the rest of the time. But if you've been able to, to get that space that you can invite yeah. people to come I've and been see the only you. Person that I, I yeah. and, and, and took the act on. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the things I, I was talking to Charlotte Austin a while ago from Catface, and she was saying that. Um, uh, it helps to have an agent when you contact someone like a PR or a tour manager or a uh, life coach just because uh, they know the email who it's coming from yeah. and therefore they'll be more likely to read it than someone uh, independently yeah. doing stuff. I mean, stuff. you get bombarded by stuff. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm getting over 200 emails a day. I mean, it's just how, how do you figure out who this person is unless it's a sort of bona fide person? But if it's from an artist, I always, I always reply to, to that or look at what they've sent. Uh, or I try to, sorry. If that's not true, yeah. anybody. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, I've removed my email address instantly. <laughs> you know, it's already on, you're working with already, says I've seen somebody amazing, then you're bound to take more notice of yeah. that yeah. if you've got a close relationship with that comic. So sometimes the comics, like uh, Russell Kane particularly, has got this habit of seeing an act and then just telling his management, I want that act to support me. Even if that act is unsigned, uh, they've, they've come out of nowhere. Yeah. He's just seen them in a small pub gig, but he will say, I want them on a, a show. He had uh, a guy called Omar Hamdi supporting him because he saw him at a gig. He had Matt Price supporting him because he saw it at a gig because he just saw them and wanted them, and his agent will obviously accommodate that. So some, sometimes there is an element of chance, as there is in everything in life, that you just have to be in the right place at the yeah, right time. And absolutely. Somebody notices <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very but good point. Every year, we're also, uh, PR-wise, we're approached by self-producers acts who don't have anyone behind them um, and we consider them in the same way as anyone else we will go and see the show if it's something that we are genuinely happy about and we feel we can sell we will work with them and it's having the confidence to approach people yeah, like yourself but also doing your research and knowing what it is that you want from somebody we often get emails from people saying I'm coming to the Fringe for the first time I've never been before I want to be on the cover of the Times and the cover <laughs> of the Guardian yeah, 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 yeah. how much yeah, is it yeah. going to cost me and then my reply always has to be, it doesn't matter how much you pay me, I can't, I can't just click my fingers and make that happen. We're going to have to start a relationship and work your together. And if your expectations are not going to be sensible, there's nothing I can do that is going to make you happy with the job yeah. that I can do. Yeah. So having an understanding of what you want to achieve while you're working with someone and approaching them with those questions makes it then very much easier to want to work with you because... I can see how my job is actually going to benefit you rather than you're paying me to tell you no for a month, which is not going to make anybody happy. One, one of my favourite things I talk whenever I talk to a journalist is I always say, when you email, just put a line in saying what you were expecting me to do with this mm. email. Because otherwise, you know, you just send me a, pro a press release. Do you want a review? Do you want a coverage? Do you want, what do you need from this? And I'm sure from your end that's the same, where you always put in something that says, you know, we're trying to get coverage for this artist, we're trying to get an interview for this artist. Mm. Or is that, is that fair enough? 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good practice. I think that's true. People get so swamped with things that. Uh, well, it's, it comes back to the classic, the, the confidence thing. If you don't ask, you don't get. That's a classic thing, and promoters, I'm sure, that's what we live by. You know, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, and, and also have some personal strategies. I mean, the uh, business strategy. You know, have uh, smart objectives. You know, is a, a personal application of those as well. Everything should. Uh, everything you do should be uh, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And in re- reference to the emails, you know, it should be very specific. What are you looking for? Yeah. Is it a realistic expectation? But, but, not, but not too pushy. Absolutely. Pushy. Well, you know, attainable, where that uh, A is Yeah, because that kind of puts slash. you off. If you Absolutely. get the email that's really pushy, Absolutely. and I'm, I, you know, I'm the bee's knees of this and oh, that, it, it, it's kind of something which you instantly know isn't, isn't going to yeah. work, because but that is over-expectation instantly. It. Yeah. Absolutely, it's knowing how to go about it and being uh, yeah, building rapport and uh, respect. And uh, they may not get the more. front cover of the Times, but they might get a review. <laughs> in it. Yeah, actually, yeah, but you, yeah, getting, getting a, and remembering that if you if you're employing someone as a team to work with you, that you're you're employing their expertise that they've of built course. up over years. That's so why they you've do not had job. to do it before now. That now is the time you're ready and you're you're building on their experience. Yeah, we so like sure. to think we are putting that trust in them. Is good at what we do. So yeah. if somebody constantly says this isn't happening it's not that you're not trying it's no. just that nobody's interested it's also your job to know what's going on in the industry oh yes you can't know everything but if someone emails you and goes i am the dog's bollocks and you know they're not doing that well yeah. absolutely and if yeah. we've chosen to work with you it's because we believe that you can get there you're someone that we want to see make that rise and make that journey but have vision, yeah. you have to understand that it's going to take time and we can't just instantly turn everything around and even people you that you see as an overnight success haven't realistically been an overnight success. They've had somebody working no. with them. They've been working for three or four years and building things <laughs> the up before likes they the bring it out. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 it's like that overnight success that you reviewed last year and really liked, and the year before that you kind of liked. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Question I wanted to pick you up on when you said uh, you're not just a man with a mic kind of thing. Um, as a, as a man with a mic, um, <laughs> sometimes I get a little bit paranoid that I'm not offering enough of a unique. Sound. I mean, I, I'm doing quite well at the fringe at the moment. I'm, I'm getting in good numbers. It's, it's, it's you know the. Uh, Sorry, what's your name? Simon. Put <laughs> 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 on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just going to edit you out. No, um, uh, no, but genuinely, like you do get this. Uh, it's not an imposter syndrome, but it's this. It's this weird uh, voice in the back of your head going, you know, uh, what am, what do I have to offer you guys? And and when I email through to people and stuff, you sort of, you sort of. Uh, I mean, I remember one of my favourite emails because I've got two promoters that replied to this email. Uh, I, I emailed promotes when I was very early on, and I remember putting in it saying something like, um, "Here is a list of awards I've failed to win," or something like that. And two of them replied just saying, "This is the most humble thing that anyone has ever emailed," because 99% of people just go, "Well, look, I am the new act of the blah blah blah," and now I'm in a very good place with those promoters because I wasn't a. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's what. Yeah. But in terms of. Uh, now where I'm at, where I'm, I'm doing okay and I've got a show and stuff, how do you... How do you well, now if you send the same email, they'll go, oh my God, he's been around five more years. <laughs> 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 Probably not much chance, is there? I've just put more awards in that I'm not watching. How do you get past that? I'm sure, uh, not just uh, men with a mic, I'm sure, I'm sure there are women out there also and, and other acts who... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to sound... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying, though. I mean, we've all uh, there's a lot of performers in it that, that um, uh, feel like we maybe uh, are very funny, but we don't know how to market ourselves, and we don't know what we're offering in terms of an angle for what we are because we're not 
thinking of it in the same way you guys do. How do we even approach you and say, this is what we do to get you excited to come down? Well, the only thing I would say is that you are what you are. You know, I mean, if I see an act, I, I, don't, I don't really care what's going on in your head in that respect. You know, I mean, that's, that's your bollocks to deal with. You, you. And that's where a good life coach should come in yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> them deal with the bollocks that's going on in their but, life. And the so, so, okay, you deal with the bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'll deal with what's coming out your face. Absolutely. <laughs> good teamwork. Well, well, I mean, the resolution is 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 that we can't really determine why they're on stage, and 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 where they're coming from. We just listen to what they have to say, and everything. Everything that they say on stage should sum up where they're coming from and why they're on stage. So, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I like intelligent comedy. I like some, you know, an act that's really thought through every, every phrase, every word. It's not, you know, there's nothing th- throwaway about it. I don't want you to move in certain directions on the stage, but, but verbally, I, you know, I, 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 I get off on fantastic language. Yeah. Um, and so, if I saw you, and I will come and see you now, um, if I saw you and I saw 15 minutes and there was something there and I thought, wow, mm. this guy is coming from an angle that I haven't heard before, or, or an angle I have, sorry, something I have heard before, but a completely unique way of ex- uh, saying and expressing that, that thing, then I would be interested, frankly. Obviously, if it's, it has to be funny as well, but that's... That's what you have to work out. You're the comic. You're not, you know, you're not an after dinner speaker. And interestingly, make I think very frequently comics are very good at being funny on stage, and a coach will assist them translate that ability to their audience off stage. And a lot struggle with that, getting that over to yeah. you guys in an intelligent fashion. So that's a bridge we often have to uh, cross over to communicate actually their impact on an audience when they're on the stage which is a completely different experience as uh, to the experience they have when they communicate with you behind the scenes cold off stage because those communication well, skills very much a schizophrenic character absolutely going on. Yeah. yeah and schizophrenia is indeed you know one of the things <laughs> and as a as a as a solo performer as a, as a man and a mic gig all you can all the time because <laughs> saying if you're inviting us to come and see a whole hour I don't necessarily have an hour free every week to go and see someone who wants me to come and see something. But if you can tell me the, the gig up the road, it's 10 minutes away from you, I'm doing 20 minutes, yeah. I can make and I can see. I mean, I'm based in Brighton, so absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we'd rather people come down to Brighton. And who doesn't want to come down to Brighton, frankly? So, um, but, but, you know, like Amy, you get requests all the time to go and see someone's hour and, and it's always at 11 o'clock at Soho or somewhere and you think, well, Christ. But, but, but like you were saying before, some people can do great 20 minutes but can't do an hour. So how do you then go and see a 20-minute spot? And, I mean, of course, you can extrapolate and go, that was a great 20 minutes. They'll probably have more to talk about. Well, you about. do go and see. You go and see a mixed bill effect or, what, mm. or whatever um, or it could be a preview for Edinburgh because they are coming to Edinburgh and they want you to know about it. So they've emailed you and said, look, this is what I'm doing, come and see it. And then you are liable to see that or you will say, I will, I will try my best to come and see you in Edinburgh. But I, I also think the onus, Mick, is very much on the acts, like you say, and in terms of fact-finding and digging, you know, acts are their own uh, product and it's about marketing oneself and it is about selling. And I would always uh, recommend to uh, 
get on the phone or email and ask you where do you live what's convenient what yeah. time how can I get my, absolutely yeah, that's a very good that's a very very yeah. good idea open ended questions you yeah. know what why where when and who Rudyard Kipling said you know they're my best uh, friends they've taught me all I know they are who what why where and when um, or something I'm a bit jaded this morning because of the concussion but <laughs> Rudyard Kipling you know those best open ended questions which invite information rather than can uh, we come and see me yes but also reminding me that or I no saw you, questions. If, I, if I came to see you in, in February and I really like that 20 minutes, Absolutely. reminding me, you saw me in February, you yeah. really like my 20 minutes, yes, will you come and see my hour? I'm more likely to make so that time. Important. Find out where you live. Mick Perrin's in, uh, uh, in Brighton. What would be the best night to get in you into a venue, Mick, uh, for, to see me in a 10 minute? You know, ask, have the confidence and not only, you know, humbly reset. And I get that. Absolutely. You know, I get that from some people it? and others, others not at all. And possibly Absolutely. those are the ones you might uh, yeah. be good yeah. enough to go along yeah. to well, see. it's easy to wander down to the community. Absolutely. And they could be in uh, Hover West, you know, yeah. or Worthing or what have you. And if they don't yeah. put the effort into simply asking and building a relationship with you to show the effort and dedication to finding out where you're going to be and where you live and where you're likely to. Um, go see them then they've lost that opportunity okay. um, and we, any, we've probably got time for one more question anyone sorry we've got to okay okay <laughs> right uh, we do not have time for one <laughs> thank you very much for coming on guys it's pleasure thank you. Thank, thank you thank you thank you thank you very much for listening that was our first live Q&A panel at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2015. I hope you got a lot out of that. I, I found that really interesting. As someone who has completed a show and is looking at doing it around the country at different festivals, but also hopefully doing it around different uh, cities, it was quite interesting to hear from them. Uh, most of them uh, I'm going to have back on at some point uh, just to do other panels or to take part in individual podcasts to find out more about what they do. So please do subscribe if you want to hear more from them or more from the touring side of being a comedian. The next live podcast will be at the Dave Lester Comedy Festival in February 2016. If you join the Facebook group, which is Ask the Industry Podcast, and of course it's on Facebook, you'll stay up to date with that. That panel is going to be a load of founders from different comedy festivals, both in the UK and in Europe. So if you're interested in anything to do with that, please do join the group uh, if you're enjoying this content and you value the podcast in any way shape or form please consider putting a monetary value to it and donating you can do that on the website via paypal uh, the website is simoncane.co.uk that's s-i-m-o-n-c-a-i-n-e.co.uk or you can become a patron patrons uh, get guaranteed seats to all the future live q a's so it doesn't matter how much you donate, you just get yourself a guaranteed seat. So if you would like to guarantee yourself a seat, please do. Also, if you can't make the recording, but you have some questions, being a patron, your questions get prioritised and I ask them on your behalf. So it's worth signing up because it really helps out the show. It gives me a budget for future shows and for setting stuff like this up. Obviously, this has taken a lot of effort and a lot of planning. And obviously, there's a lot of people's schedules that have been synced up and stuff. So it's really helpful if some of you can donate or if you can subscribe as a patron in the long term. You can do it from $1. It's not like it's a very expensive thing to do. That's ATP an episode. So if you enjoyed this and you felt like this was worth ATP, it'd be really great if you could sign up. And uh, yeah, I do three podcasts a month, so it'll cost you a maximum of £2.40 a month to keep this project going. And you can set a maximum. So if you can't afford more than two dollars a month for whatever reason i'm not going to question it then you can set i will pay one dollar a month so one dollar a podcast but i can only sponsor two of them that's absolutely fine i have no problem with that so uh, if you want to find that it's at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com 
forward slash ask the industry podcast if you have any questions please pass them in the group or find me on facebook or find me on twitter or wherever and i'll do my best to answer any questions you may or may not have thank you very much for listening thank you very much for subscribing thank you very much for sharing and thank you very much for donating i will see you next time bye spring is that you Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.